Hi. I got a tape I want to play. Just what do you think you're doing, Dave? Your move, creep. Take me to the volcano! So why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? Come with me if you want to live. This town needs an enema. Like I said, I need a bacchiatomy. Yes, that's a human ear, all right. I got a bad feeling about this. So it's come to this, and I would not have predicted that it came specifically to this. But yeah, somehow the, the title of this podcast really hits home today. Yeah, it, it, it has to come this. to this. Yeah, I'm Eric. I'm Charlie. And this is a movie podcast, and I'm, maybe it's just our kind of current rush of talking about some new movies, because we've been actually able to see theater movies absolutely again. yeah we've been on a real kick and movies, movies in the theater after a year if you go back and look at you know the beginning first year of this podcast a lot of heavily mixed in new genre releases mm-hmm. with the episodes with, yeah. the, with the old classic one this is not a, strictly a lot more old show tit for tat uh, old kind movie of thing. show yeah however with a, a kind of lack of new movies and no theater experience uh we went a little older for the last year, makes right. sense. And now Work they're with what you got. Now the movies are back, and we've already gotten some good, some very good mm-hmm. in Nobody. And I'm getting back into the vibe of seeing stuff that I can see in a theater, and the joy of uh, not streaming it and getting to see it on a huge screen. Right. Yeah. We're we're having this weird thing now where. Movie studios are offering the movies in theaters and on streaming, like yeah, at the same time. Same time, which we've never had before the last yeah, year or two. That's new. <laughs> that's a that's a thing that we always thought could exist, and now that it exists, I'm just like, there's too many options, right? <laughs> 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 because it's uh, it's tempting to stay home and yeah. just see something on the little screen, right? And uh, but it it can't compare for me. I just yeah. gotta see I, that big screen. I concentrate like no other. When I'm at the theater, mm-hmm. that phone is no more forgotten than when I'm at the movie theater. And I just get into it more. And I'm sitting in this little chair with a giant screen perfectly leveled in front of me because I'm one of three people there. Uh-huh. So I got the best seat. Nothing beats it. And yeah. I miss that joy of like the difference between me watching the grudge reboot at home <laughs> in the background while I'm on my laptop or me seeing it alone. Really? So I'm really getting into exactly. the, the 2019 grudge reboot <laughs> that, that that I was clamoring for alone because nobody would see it. America was clamoring for Yeah. It. I mean, I didn't love the grudge. <laughs> but I didn't hate the grudge. Okay. And if I had watched it at home, there's no chance I would have been paying full attention mm-hmm. to this piece of shit. <laughs> and so there's a couple movies I want. I've, I, so I have saw the little things in theaters. Sure. Uh, and that was a streaming option. And I'm so happy I did. It's like a 90s sick crime cop drama that you don't really get as much anymore let alone get on the big screen with a good budget. Mm-hmm. Seeing it on the screen was so amazing. Nobody on the big screen, incredible. That was great. Yeah, that was my first movie back. Loved that. And but, we even got to see the uh, In the Earth. In the Earth, which is such a... Never gotten to see uh, you know, that director's work on an actual screen before. And certainly you would not have 
thought to see that one with no you know no name actors and kind of just it's a very bizarre movie yeah. so the fact i've that never seen any other wheatley movie you saw the one theater. you were cool you i saw was one cool. in portland yeah back in the but day but when i told and i think you like a uh, free fire or whatever that one with uh that had captain marvel in it okay and cillian murphy that like he made one with some names in it okay i, I think that one played but that played interesting but in the earth would not have played it. in the earth would not have played otherwise on a normal occasion yeah that that's a movie that tons of people have said they they've never even heard of because there's theaters that are still closed yeah <laughs> so uh it's not streaming anywhere or it wasn't and so we got that opportunity like it or not and so i'm you know over the years i've gotten more and more into the idea of just seeing even shitty genre in a theater because it's never going to be more fun for me if it's a screening with nobody in it then i can be robert de niro in cape fear (laughs) watching problem child all do it all during this movie when when we got to see a solo screening of rampage it's one of Mm. my favorite movie experiences ever just four dudes watching rampage at 10 p.m on a thursday just yelling as loud as we want it's the best Mm mm-hmm and so I remember this movie that really, this is the dumbest regret I can have for a theater experience. It came out in the early 2010s, 2011, 2012. It was called Creature. Hmm. It's like a, the kind of monster movie that doesn't exist now. There's not like a rubber suit monster movie genre. Right. Like there was in the early 80s playing in theaters. That genre is dead for big screen. But Creature played on some a screen in Santa Rosa. Hmm. And I didn't, you didn't go make see it. it. Mm. I didn't go see it. I didn't make time for Creature. And it's one of those like, man, there hasn't <laughs> been anything that dumb just like that right. since then. It's been a decade. Well, we've gotten that was to see it. we've gotten to see dumb stuff like underwater. Crawl was great on the big screen. Yeah. You know, all- right. alligator movie. Yeah, that's that kind of stuff's coming back. And so. it's digital. It's not, you know. Yeah. It's not like alligator. But like you said, it's crawl. it's like any any excuse almost to see a movie in the theater. Yeah, especially a movie like that. It which, just hits so much better. Which and brings us to today's which topic. Brings us to today's. <laughs> I don't. I did not know this was playing anywhere. I only noticed this because I just happened to glance through what was playing at the local Cinemaplex. Yeah, I'm clicking on what that on? one. Murder in the Woods, the old Agatha Christie story. <laughs> With with yeah, a Latino exactly. slasher bent, it's a uh, yeah the the Latino version of the Cabin in the Woods type movie, but not except, I thought I thought this except was with be no in Spanish, not really like jokes written, but it's like yeah uh, this is um yeah I did not hear about this movie until you said you were gonna go see it in yeah, the theater in the theater and I uh, could not make it to the theater but then I rented it and watched it on Amazon Prime. Uh, you surprised me. I thought yeah. that I thought this was just going to be me talking about this movie and describing it to you for 10 minutes. No, I couldn't let that and happen. And you just you saw it, you also paid bucks. money to five Murder bucks, in the Woods. Yeah, probably just as much as you did. And so, I saw it, yeah, watched it on my TV. Every in the middle of the afternoon. <laughs> I love this kind of movie and I it's now a movie I will seek out in the theater cuz there are other movies at the theater right now that I want to see. I want to see there's a new patty harrison comedy mm-hmm. and i love her and there's that uh angelina jolie one sure which looks really cool to see on the the big screen and so there's other movies i want to see maybe army of the dead that's mm. a that's a commitment 
I might not want to support that one's Ugh. like if it ever is like a hundred degrees here. Yeah, some that, yeah, that's the Go first that hot, one. hot. Yeah, you're yeah. right. <laughs> but then, murder in the woods. Ugh. I saw was only playing through Wednesday. Oh, well, suddenly there's a countdown clock on this one, <laughs> and so I looked up to check how good it was going to be. And a good sign was that on IMDb it has a 2017 date. Okay, yes. <laughs> Guys, if you ever want to, here's a little tip from us to you. If the movie's like four years old and getting a release date now, something happened. But what if you get a trick or treat? You know? It's, it's not necessarily bad. Yeah, it just it could, means. It could have happened. It just means low budget. But You're going to find this is a low budget film. But it shifts film. the expectations a lot. Yeah. You're just like, oh, we're seeing this relic from <laughs> yeah. 2017? Well, it says 2017, and then it says release date August of 2020. And there's like reviews from Richard Roper from that time. So it got a theatrical release yeah. in August of 2020 <laughs> when theaters were not What's open. Richard Roper do it? Where did Richard Roper Chicago see Sun Times Murder is reviewing this movie. <laughs> in August of the pandemic. Insane. <laughs> How did that happen? That's how starved we've been for movies yeah, in right? this country. That's what I mean. It's like it's so crazy right now. It's May, and you're getting movies like Murder in the Woods in the <laughs> yeah. theater. There's no like summer blockbusters coming my, out this summer. My right? precious Third Street Cinemas hasn't opened yet because the second run movies are playing at the first yeah. run theater. Seriously, nobody is the kind of movie that's going to play at Third Street eventually for like four months. Mm-hmm. It's going to be old. School theater days, the grindhouse days, where a movie will just play there for five months. Except it's going to be nobody. There'll be nothing to replace. And it. like murder in the woods. Oh man! And but, another but, another good sign is that the people at IMDb have it at a three point nine mm-hmm. currently, which we have watched a lot of sub five stuff. In fact, our our tastes do not typically match that kind of. We have more respect. Absolutely. For some of these 3.9s. We don't get bored in movies like a lot of people seem to be on IMDb. Yeah, I, I like DIY approach, and I like independent people making their horror movies. Sure. So I was excited for this 2017 3.9. And, you know... What did you think? Not, what, what did you think of this movie? I don't regret it. Right. It's probably like... I've probably... It's not the worst movie I'm going to see this year. And it had some things I enjoyed, and even though overall I disliked it, mm-hmm. it made me feel bizarre vibes for like 45 of the 90 minutes. And not every movie makes me feel anything, <laughs> let alone something kind of vaguely unpleasant. Mm-hmm. There was something weird about this movie. It was weird. This movie has a uncanny valley feel. Yeah, to it. Um, I think that's it. It, it feels uh, produced but very raw. Yeah, and it's, it lets it's you like in this weird middle. Film. Yeah. It's like cheap digital film, cheap acting, um, but yeah, then takes itself like pretty seriously for like the being sincerity a is kind of uh, puts you on guard a little bit. Right. It made me look into things with more tension than I think they. I think they back into some of these things because yeah the di- yeah none of this is intentional the digital filming and it, it really had and and the frame rate really gave it like that soap opera kind of look mm-hmm. that's how it looked on the screen i don't know how so i saw in the theater you streamed it yeah i would say Dude. honestly uh this is almost the perfect movie to stream on your like <laughs> if you're not gonna see a movie in the theater to me this was like oh yeah this is totally like watching you know just 
it's the that... Shutter original you know, <laughs> series kind of a look. Like it's cheap. Yeah. Uh, very it's just... like a 16-bit Super Nintendo game looking good on your old TV. Right. And less good on your big screen TV. But there was this thing about it like uh, the way that it occurred to me about an hour into this movie, it was as if this thing was written by AI. Like as if, <laughs> as if you put data into a computer and said cabin in the woods, killer, you know, mm-hmm. all the okay. cliches. <laughs> and this movie kind of just goes, all right, yeah, we'll just put all of that in there. But then it doesn't ever wink or uh, have fun okay. with these things. It just plays them out as standard as possible. So the vibes I was getting, and I thought I was going crazy. I thought that I was like, <laughs> this movie was tripping me up with its weird levels of sincerity and its insistence on acting like every scene was the build-up to a porno. (laughs) The first 45 minutes, there was no horror elements at all, but every single scene felt like it was the opening scene of a porn. Mm -hmm. Every one of them. And the dialogue was weird, because like you said, it was very just like... The dialogue is very strange. Hey, dummy, what are you doing? Hey man, I'm just going on this camping trip this weekend, and like, we just get introduced. Uh, we get introduced to all eight of our characters. We don't. They're just people. Yeah, who are va- like maybe schoolmates or maybe cousins, right? Or maybe uh, several <laughs> just friends? big-titted friends. <laughs> I don't know. Was I don't it, know. Was it the excessive cleavage cleavage that gave you the porno vibes? Yeah, was that what was going Every on. Every scene though was pr- it's it's like somebody's uh. Man, even the scene with like somebody's mom, it's just like, are you going to behave for me this weekend? <laughs> I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> so by the fourth scene where it sounded like the next split second was going to be undressing, I like had to lean over to Jason and be like, does this seem like it keeps building to a big sex scene? Uh-huh. Like and it just keeps dragging it out and Jason's like... The vibes of this movie are so weird, dude. <laughs> like, we're all just like, what? <laughs> like, because nothing's scary. Everybody just seems to want to fuck. Well, yeah, and that's a great cliche in a slasher movie, but this thing plays it out just like. But it's 40 minutes amateur. of it, of yeah. everybody just like horny, but not doing anything about it. And no deaths or murders or even like, uh, secret weird Bibles. Mm-hmm. Like, nothing. No. Very minimal, minimal woods murdering. Yeah, the yeah, it takes for the a first while for fifty the, minutes. Even the title, that's why I mean, it's like feels like AI. Like you just are like murder in the woods. There's a scene where the the main girl finds a dead body in the closet. You remember this, and it falls out, and she screams and runs down. Yeah, yeah. The way she tells her friends, she's like, "There's a man upstairs. He died. I saw it." <laughs> that's not how you would describe the situation. Everybody really describes things very weird, and then. They don't believe her because then the body's missing. But then the two other friends then see their friend's dead body and they come running in. The guy still doesn't believe them. You've yeah. got two different parties now having discovered bodies. Maybe take a hint. Yeah. And but it's just all of that like. But it's it's also one of those here? it's also one of those like kind of slashers that's not a total slasher that um there's no other suspects for who the killer could be. Mm-hmm. It's like. Is it the weird, quiet kid who always has a smart answer for everything that the very first scene of the movie told us about? 
Is it this kid mm-hmm. who who keeps getting shown making sinister faces behind every one of their backs? Oh, it is him. It was. It is yeah, him. It, it was, was him. him. Okay. Spoiler, guys. It's such a... It's a fun but odd cast. They're, it's like an all-Hispanic uh, cast. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Hispanic director. I... Uh, Without knowing anything about the movie other than Danny Trejo was in it. A theatrical movie with Danny Trejo. That's a thing. That's a thing you need to see. That's an event in the theater. Exactly. I would say, if nothing else, if you're a fan of Trejo like we are, yeah, it's worth it just That's for like, him. That's like, you know, when we had the chance to still see Sid Haig movies exactly. in the theater. It was cool oh. seeing Three from Hell because I got to see a Sid Haig appearance in like 2019 right. in a theater. That's cool. And so it's cool seeing Trejo as uh, the sheriff mm-hmm. who's in whose films hit most of his scenes completely separate from the rest of the cast kind of thing. <laughs> Love that. Clearly but, a day of, yeah, on the job. And so I thought this was actually going to be like a, a Spanish movie. Right. I thought it was going to be in Spanish. In, yeah, that's what I thought going in. But it was very American. And, then I, then and uh, maybe, maybe it was translated at some point because that's even like murder in the woods just feels like that's a cool <laughs> Spanish phrase or something. <laughs> it sounds very plain. It doesn't really in, kind of just English. doesn't really, yeah, it doesn't really hit in, maybe. in English. But, and just, yeah, like the way the, the, way the woman is just like, he's died. <laughs> when, when she finds There's a body. There's a man. There's a man. Upstairs. He died. I saw him die. No. He was a dead body when you saw him. Yeah, just the worst communication from yeah. every one of these. But it's it's not the characters doing horror movie dumb. It's really just like, we are writing bad dialogue bad <laughs> for di- all of them. For, for, it's like dialogue that... For like Disney Channel afternoon TV show actors. A lot of, level. yeah. It was very like an R-rated, are you afraid of the dark? Yes. If the Are if, you afraid of the if, dark? If, if the first two episodes of a three episode, are you afraid of the dark? We're about these kids just wearing jean shorts and being horny. Yeah. That was so uh, disarming and so weird when there was no nudity at all in the movie. Felt like a real slap in the face. Yeah, that Quite was Quite honestly. Bad. Felt like a real big con. <laughs> we have seen, through usually my fault, several different movies that have unexpectedly turn into pornography <laughs> sleazy i watched i've watched a lot of the women in prison genre films sure you're you're a fan some of them I'm, are I'm, I'm a fan yeah some of them good. are are more things that w- played in a movie theater and others were played in other theaters yes and I don't always know which is going to be which. Right. And it's e- even if Pam Greer's in it, it's not a guarantee. Yeah, Pam Greer doesn't have to be in the <laughs> the porno scenes, but she is in the rest of the movie. And like, so I, I, I thought this was safe. It had yeah, Pam I've, I've I've led uh, I've led some groups into watching unexpected pornography before. <laughs> and so I'm sitting here in the theater, and I'm like, I did it again. <laughs> I'm like I I accidentally end up in pornography every. T- I swear, guys, it's the sixth accident. Mm-hmm. And for them to never do that felt like such a a vile knife twist. There was this one character. I love her. I don't know who this gal is. Her real her name's Chelsea Rendone. Mm-hmm. Her character's name is Chelsea. <laughs> Had that real. Sh- this is like the closest we could ever get to seeing a modern shot on video. I think so. In a theater. Because mm-hmm. this really felt like 
an ambitious shot on video. And I mean that in a good way. This movie it had the, some of the same charms as some of as some of the best shot on video. This is stuff. the kind of movie though where where I watch it and go, I probably could make a movie. Like if this is the if that this just, is the standard, like if I get the new iPhone, I could probably <laughs> make a movie. You know, I think that and then I think, but you know, this guy did. This exactly. guy did it. Yeah, yeah. And I and then I always just so you gotta even if I'm not loving the product, I'm just like kind of smiling and enjoying that this guy did it. You, you this guy is it getting his murder in the woods movie shown in theaters. Exactly. Theatrical run. Theatrical That's the dream. run. That's incredible. And I said, and, and, you know, and it's been a project of his for at least four years. At least four <laughs> he has spent, and now he gets to show it in theaters. What a journey! That's cool. And I find myself smiling while watching it, while like not enjoying what's in front of me, but while sitting there, just like, good for him, right. and good for me for getting to see it. But this, well, girl, like you said, there's worse things to do. Than this sit girl, in a movie Chelsea, theater. is like this great almost Latina Fran Drescher kind of type that you don't get. She's loud. She's brassy. And she has just this ridiculous set of tits. (laughs) It's just just abrasive and just takes over scenes because she's wearing this like cropped halter (laughs) for the entire movie. And the movie, this is where the sincerity of the movie fucks with you Uh because it is so sincere. And takes itself very serious. Like, they are making drama. Yes, she's very upset the boyfriend brought this old girlfriend on the trip, and they get yeah, into a fight. Yeah, there is, like, drama and a cat fight. And, but the whole time, it is just like, I have seen way tamer women in prison movies uh-huh. than this character Chelsea was acting. And, it, <laughs> like, she looked like this some weirdo on the internet drew like a fan fiction drawing of like what if Chloe Grace Moretz was like Latina and also had crazy jugs like you cannot cast this girl <laughs> and do that like right. it is but there was not any sense of comedy or art to it at all. It was just like again, no wink. There's never a yeah, there's, there's no never wink. a moment where it would the camera be like a Russ Meyer movie with like no t- dead serious uh, dead faster serious. pussycat kind just, of a thing. Just women barely keeping their boobs in while fighting crime, mm-hmm. and that's it. And she even gets the the one almost sex scene in the movie. Yes, and we get to see plenty of Superman. We get the bod. guy's chest. We get his. He whole gets the full torso. sit up, take off this yeah. sculpted and thing. And she is suddenly she's wearing like guy. a tiny halter top, but somehow also wearing like four layers. And they just keep like tearing off parts, and suddenly <laughs> they're always covered. And it's like, how is he not getting to the bottom of this? It is so long. And it's like, this is what the first hour of the movie is built up to, because there's still not much horror. Mm-hmm. There's like a couple of accidents and a dead body, but not like any, nobody's, none of the kids are getting their throats slashed yet. And uh, here it is. It's happening. <laughs> the women in prison film is, this is where it's going over the line. And then we act like the first hour of this movie was not a buildup to just one crazy like softcore movie mm-hmm. that would be uncomfortable with the two other people that are in the back row. The movie n- nobody like mentions sex again for after that. 
Once we had yeah. the build up to this long, once it gets drawn into the body out, count, then non-satisfying just... forest sex scene. Everyone gets really less horny as soon as the bodies do start. Showing yeah, up. yeah. They do not keep those horny vibes. No. <laughs> once the once the body count. But I thought this was going to be. Oh man, this is going to be like that that Friday the Thirteenth scene. That girl in the woods. Yeah, is gonna exactly. Be iconic. If if you're doing all of these cliches. <laughs> But you're doing them as kind of straight and mediocre as possible, not taking any risks. At least. (laughs) It's so amazing how they kept not paying off stuff. And it became. Yeah, nothing gets paid off. It became this like shot on video, like Michael Haneke thing of like, oh, you need to ask yourself why you (laughs) think you deserve to see these jokes. Why would you watch a movie called Murder in the Woods, you sick Is that why you're watching it? (laughs) Do you like this murder? And so it's like one of those annoying, like, where you don't think you liked the Haneke movie, but five weeks later, it's like, you know, fuck him. (laughs) No. You know what? It's okay for me to want the people in that movie to murder the people that held them hostage. It's okay for me to have wanted the layers of that halter top to be gone. And this movie was just messing with us the whole time in every scene. And I kind of love that uh, I, I, I'm so happy that I, that I got to see it in the theater. I and, and I'm happy I got to just spend an afternoon <laughs> renting it, watching it in my room, and then room. moving on and to other things. And not having to go out and put on like pants yeah. to go out and well, be this presentable was the, and see Yeah, it. exactly. This was the kind of movie, though, where it's like, I do try to not look at my phone and stuff if I'm watching something, but yeah, you know, you're you're in and out. It's uh, you looked at your phone a bit during, a at bit, home, didn't you? A little bit, a little bit. Definitely. My phone was in my pocket in the theater, <laughs> and I got to enjoy such lines as "She's right, we have been partying pretty hard." <laughs> That's the kind of shit that is like that is exactly what you'd see in you know Sledgehammer, some yeah. '80s shot on video like. These are local people making a movie. And some of them will go on to, and probably have been, because it's been four years, get other gigs in other movies. And one of them might land on a TV show someday. That's how these things happen. I know I'm going to be looking up Chelsea to see if she's going <laughs> to I need to see that IMDb. I, I uh, kept away. But <laughs> what a hilarious tease about the movie. I couldn't believe it. Except I could, because I knew what Murder in the Woods. I thought it actually ramped up pretty well. The last half hour, once they got to the killing. I thought it had some pretty good practical effects. Yeah, yeah. Some some, some good some blood. Gore. Some good stabbing. I like the... Uh, the but the, again, it's just like <laughs> they have a chestburster scene. You know, it's yeah. like something the computer a just kid, said, here's here, here's the best kills in cinema history. A kid got impaled with a bong. That's what, yeah. It looks, but the way the bong comes out the front of Ugh, his chest, yeah. it's very John Hurt. But I should applaud getting to see a, a bong impalement. That's pretty good. On big screen cinema. Yeah, they give you the, uh, what else did they give you? The uh, There's Axon. You know, there's, uh-huh. there's good stuff there like that. There was some good, good cutting and good, good blood. Yeah. And I thought once they actually decided to cash in their effects and their horror element, that it did well. I thought the Trejo stuff was good. God, mm-hmm. let me tell you, there was a lot of big, meaty close-ups on current-day Trejo face, and I got to see that on a huge I bet. screen. There you go. That's Sitting what I'm in saying. the third row, <laughs> I got to see all of those all those you see pop up marks. his nose yeah. at that, at that There's angle. There's a lot of up-close Trejo, and I was up close. <laughs> so we talk about seeing the benefits of seeing movie in the theater versus at home. And I, right. Again, I think there's no comparison. It's it's a true joy. 
We recently got the opportunity to see one of our favorites, one that we covered way, way long ago in the 20s episodes. Yeah, this is, uh, yeah, we're going to revisit a classic here. Yeah, this is our first revisit, Yeah, I think. Uh, though we keep talking about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood through like five or six other episodes. Well, sure, sure, sure. <laughs> that, that, that has some recurring themes. But Popcorn is a movie that, yeah, we saw together for the first time year and a half, two years ago. Probably two, two and a half at this point, yeah. And had never seen it, had been familiar with it from the video store, mm-hmm. and it, it's kind of great, unique presentation and tagline. And we finally watched it, and it was like, yeah, we love it. Yeah. This is, this is great. This is great. It's its own thing. There's a reason this is a cult favorite yeah it's a celebration of the genre of film it's a movie within a movie which i always love yeah several kind of movies within a movie yeah. movie done in a movie perfectly theater. yeah a great uh just a a movie i love movie you love movie we love enough that we want to talk about it again mm-hmm. because we recently and we're, you're gonna be hearing about this in all <laughs> the episodes for the next you probably have been or you are gonna be hearing yeah. about these for months uh we had a big movie day where we rented out a theater and invited a few people to see our selection of movies for five movies all day. Five movie marathon. And in a theater. In a theater, many of them going back to the theater for the first time in like over a year. Yeah. So this was, we were curating a lot of people's return to cinema. That's exciting. <laughs> that's, that's nice. A, that's a rush. It was a good feeling. People were stoked. And they had to watch what we showed in one <laughs> of the movies that we just had to show. This was this was an early contender to be a guarantee. Yeah, this I was mean, always in my mind as like what we could a play must. if we got the chance. And when we got the chance, popcorn was just oh, a movie about hosting a movie marathon at a theater, watched in a theater, at the marathon that you're hosting. And I just love every part of this movie. It's meta, man. Thematically meta, meta and me getting to see big screen Jill Sholin. Sure. <laughs> yeah. And in, uh, yeah, getting to see the, I just, yeah, the way this movie incorporates the movies that the crowd is watching. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a, yeah, they're, they're having their movie marathon. So we, I really got into the uh, movies themselves this time. Oh yeah, especially they but, were re- seeing those movies. What I really uh, so we watched this here probably two years ago, right? And watching it now, I didn't pick up on the framing when they showed a lot of these cuts to the old movies being screened at this horror marathon. They frame it with like the movie curtains along the side, like scenes in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood when you're watching Absolutely. Rick Dalton on TV. As and, if you are watching the movie, yeah. Yeah, and seeing it on the big screen, oh my God, I think that's obviously why we got more into these uh, these great, excellent parodies of old movies. But yeah, Mosquito, I, the <laughs> electrified man, right? And then yeah. uh, the, the, the smell. Stench. The stench. The stench. The stench. Um, this is also just... It's got to rank among my very favorite reggae horror films. <laughs> oh man, I forgot there was so much reggae in this movie. The reggae I really hits, forgot the that. The reggae hits harder in the big screen <laughs> yes. when they it are was pumping. The the reggae really especially hits 
when the person running the projection booth leaves the Blu-ray menu on <laughs> for the entire 15-minute break so the same reggae loop song oh plays 20 times. I know. I was like, they can't mute that. And I was outside, and I was talking to people in the lobby and That's introducing so stuff and kind of like making sure things were set up. And I come back in, and I realized that for like 15 minutes, just been a Saturday night at the movies, <laughs> just blaring. Yep. They couldn't even mute it. It was just oh, it was blaring top volume. in that theater. That is one of my least favorite things on the planet, <laughs> is the repeating DVD menu. Yeah, man. Man, play it once play or twice once, through, twice, and then stop. give me a, give me a cut scene. Or, or, yeah, but my sister had stop. this roommate what is that? in med school. Who every night would fall asleep to the Friends DVD box set. Sure. Fall asleep, go back to the menu eventually, and until she either woke up or something happened, Lauren would hear just 30 second loop of boom, 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 just 30 seconds of that song just playing. That's the worst. It sucks. Why do they the do worst. this? I had so many nights like that of my of myself. Doing that, falling asleep, watching yeah. a movie, and then waking up, and it's like, there's <laughs> just something screaming every five seconds. Like, why is that the choice? <laughs> they also make these uh, infuriating choices, like just putting every spoiler in the movie in, oh, this, yeah. in this looping 30 Seriously. second video. Just like these, whoever designed, somebody's just pranking the world making these menus. So, popcorn. You really get hit with how much reggae is in this movie on a second rewatch. Once you start noticing how, like, oh, this looks like California. What What did they say this was? Ocean, pay, ocean Place? Ocean, that sounds mm-hmm. like a fake California city <laughs> name. They, cut, they do these, like, cutaways, and it's like, is that a sh- shantytown? <laughs> Where is this on the coast yeah, of California? You, yeah, all of a sudden you're like, that looks like jungle. This whole movie was filmed in Jamaica. Mm-hmm. <laughs> every scene is very Jamaican once you start looking at this movie. And so it has this weird kind of Jamaican giallo vibe. Ooh, I like that. Right? I like that term. I think we have to copyright that. This is probably my favorite of the Jamaican giallos. (laughs) Jamaican me crazy. So this was so weird. Watching this the second time and seeing it in the theater, so much of this movie takes place in this dreamland theater. Oh, An old standalone, gorgeous. gorgeous, ornate cinema. Oh. And uh, a lot of the movie takes place in the dreamland. And I love how the dreamland was shot. I love, you know, all you get all the angles of this place. You really get a sense of the dreamland. Totally. You know? And I love that. I love that kind of thing. Really getting into the nooks and crannies of the a back, theater. Yeah, the, the, the backstage, the, the upstairs, the, you know, the hidden place. Oh, the booth. I love that. Yeah. And it was really reminding me of another movie that we've done uh, probably more within the last six months, opera. Mm, sure. how, how beautiful that theater looked oh, yeah. in that movie. It's the same cinematographer. <gasps> Holy shit. It's the same guy. You're not kidding with that Jamaican giallo. Uh-uh. That's Ronnie an, Taylor. An Argento guy. Ronnie Taylor, a guy who worked on several movies with Argento up through the, even through the 2000s era, and won an Oscar for his cinematography on Gandhi. Holy shit. Heavy hitter. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. The guy who shot Gandhi shot popcorn? Yes. That's what we that's what you Yes. T- that's like saying Deacons uh, or someone shot uh, Yeah, man. 
Look all at right. all. The, look all at right. the look at the movies that. that Dean Coonie shot That's that crazy. are regarded as well, yeah, some sure. of the greatest American cinema, and then look at the trash horror kind of stuff that he's shot. Man, there's a reason some of these horror flicks look as good as they do. Cinematographers gotta work, man. It's not. Oh, like I don't a, doubt that. I just love. I just. Yeah, I love that. It's I'm, amazing. I'm not, uh, I'm and not these guys are so good at their that. craft mm-hmm. that a lot of these dudes and William Lustig. These kind of DIY filmmakers benefited from the same thing we were talking about earlier. Guys need to work. Mm-hmm. Actors need to work. Gaffers need to work. You can get, if you know the right guys and can spot the talent, you can get some very professional people working on the, your movie. And this movie, not only did it have, yeah, Ronnie Taylor, you're making a movie that's mostly set inside an ornate theater. Why not get the guy who did the cinematography for opera? Sure. Imagine the class you're immediately learning at. I did not know that the first time. Seeing it in a theater, it really just hit me how much detail and care was taken to that. I was not expecting to find that coincidence, though. I love that. Ronnie Taylor was a cameraman on Star Wars. The original you, so, Star Wars. the guy has chops. Yeah. This guy's got Camera stories. Operator. I want to see Very that cool. Q&A. But I didn't also realize uh, Bob Clark, a lot of connections with this. Podcast favorite, Bob Clark. I feel like I remember seeing his name in the credits this time. Yeah. And being like, what? Black Christmas, Bob Clark? Yeah. Black Christmas, Death Dream, Christmas Story, Baby Geniuses. Was he a producer or something on this? Was that what it was? He was asked to direct. Okay. What he chose to do was instead help this movie get made and added some rewrites to the script, changed some stuff, was very involved in helping the movie getting, getting its financing and uh, then took over some of the direction for a week or so when hmm. one of the directors left. Alan Ormsby, who did Children Shouldn't Play With Dead Things, hmm. was the director and writer. Yeah, yeah. And then he either got fired or left the project. Bob Clark took over for a bit. And then a guy who acted in Bob Clark's Porkies took over <laughs> the, the rest of the movie, and that was the only movie ever directed. So a lot of Bob Clark related guys even paul zaza the guy who did the score he scored several bob Clark yeah movies i know that name too for sure my bloody valentine and prom night movies like getting cool people from <laughs> that worked with cool people you figure bob clark's made so many good movies if you're working with four guys who have worked on multiple bob clark movies you're getting like a high floor for your movie. Yeah, yeah. You're really getting the best platform for your vision to shine. That's, I mean, that makes a lot of sense in so, it's like popcorn is, yeah, seems like it should be such a low budget hack of a film. Yeah. But it's like brilliant and entertaining it and so works. Good. It, like, so good. It actually works on like all the levels that you want a movie to work on. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I found it to be a lot scarier this time Same. too. I think the scares are better. There's, I think there's the- this possessor film and that stuff was like way more intense seeing it on the big screen. The possessor film, the oh, it's so good because again, it makes it look like you're watching this yeah. film and you're getting sucked into watching this uh, very low budge, homemade kind of the ring, yeah, or type like of that, video that, or, that scene in anguish, anguish, yeah, yeah, anguish exactly, or a uh, unchin andalu, you know, the the very twenties mm-hmm. experimental one with like the eyeball oh, slicing. Oh god, no, I can't watch that. Yeah. That's too much. But that's like this possessor, yeah. it keeps progressing into that and then 
you know, blood starts coming out of mouths and it's hypnotic and has brains being peeled away and it just keeps getting more yeah. violent and sick and really <laughs> all, effective all you, on the... You're uh, like, what happened to the reggae? <laughs> yeah. Oh, the great thing is we get a lot, like a long cut. You, what happened to the reggae? How about this 10-man band <laughs> live reggae performance? There's like a power outage at one point in the movie. In that movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And suddenly they're like... Hey, get the band up on stage. And I'm like, the band? And then just a row full of reggae band come down the aisle. And then we just get this. Somehow there's electricity for their instruments. The extras (laughs) in this movie. The costuming really speaks to the cool nature of Jamaican secondhand stores. That they are able to find such a robust mixture of what I can only describe as surf punk. Mm. A, a lot of cool surf punk looks. It's like, man, the secondhand goods scene in 1991 Jamaica must have been so fertile. Mm-hmm. A pre-eBay world. Well, is that, does that account like, for all the monster masks too? I mean, dude, they cast this was like they put so much care in these warehouse. weirdo extras. They must have just put out a huge ad. It was like show up, but it's such a specific kind of weird. Yeah, that they couldn't have just left it up to people to like show up looking weird and spooky. Well, so nobody shows up as Jason Voorhees. Yeah, it's all fifties monster movie looking masks and makeup and the mad scientist with the second head. Yeah, and... that puking props and these right. are the like watching Very, it the like s- a William Castle like oh will yeah call. the whole movie we we talked about that on our first pop yeah. episode about how this is William Castle and this is like a guy getting to make a movie about making a William Castle movie before matinee. Right, exactly. Which went on to be a a good moneymaker for Joe Dante. And another, it's a great movie in its own right. But it's the exact same thing. (laughs) I actually... Mant is the same as... uh, uh, Yeah, I want to say I actually confused those when we first talked about popcorn because I kept thinking of Mant as one of the movies. (laughs) You did did mention ants a lot in that movie. Son of a bitch. But it was always like... I think you just had ants on the brain because you kept talking about like them uh-huh. and stuff like that. It's like you kept well, this thinking one about has, giant ant movies. This one has Mosquito, which is mosquito. very much that, yeah, which mosquito. is great. But yeah, getting to see even the effects of Mosquito where the guy's head's getting sucked out. And, <laughs> yeah. And again, the uh, the guy who's, who's uh, the electrified man, who's the great character actor. Oh, Bruce Glover. Bruce Glover, thank Crispin you. Crispin Glover's dad. Man, he's you're just like, he is giving it. He is giving he is, it. He is this giving whole, a performance. All of popcorn this is this movie within a movie. I love it. We talked earlier about Lustig saying that uh, you know because Michael Lerner is in Maniac Cop too, and so Lustig's like, yeah, you call him up on a Sunday when you know he doesn't have anything booked that right. week. You know yeah. he's free. He'd rather make money than not make money. So you give him. A, that's how you class up your joint. You know, yeah. that's how you get Michael Lerner in. That's how you get Alfred Molina in Cabin Boy. <laughs> for for two scenes you, you know, know he's not working that he's day he's not working for a week or i think i don't know if you saw man i just watched this is the dumbest aside but i got please i just watched this episode of macgyver uh-huh. that had this comical like 12 different people like that you recognize mm-hmm. just fleshing out the cast for no just like everybody needed to up their sag card Right. And, and one casting director is like, like five look, lines each. Send everybody from your agency down to the Studio Five. We'll put them all in an episode of MacGyver. Boom. You check off 12 boxes at once. But it's such a weird group. Like, 
Wendy O. Williams is in it. And she did not act a lot. Okay. Outside of, you know, oh, she was in the Plasmatics, the punk band. Oh, and okay. And then did like a famous, you know, Reform School Girls. It was her <laughs> sure. 80s women in prison film. And she has like five IMDb credits as one of them is this episode of MacGyver. But it also has Henry Gibson, who plays like the old professor in the Burbs, mm-hmm. the old doctor. Oh, he sure. just shows up in a scene at a drive through to order food. And then impressionist Rich Little shows up for one scene. And you're like, what is happening in this episode of MacGyver? It's not How being bizarre. played as like a weird dream or anything. It's just all these people showing up playing people just for just like barely a cameo yeah just for one to two scenes tops and it's so weird henry winkler's in a scene also from happy days marion ross shows up for the scene the whole episode is just is just harry dean anderson like uh that's crazy interacting with other celebrities are they just finding people walking by on the set (laughs) it wasn't yeah it's like the player (laughs) like but with uh marion ross and wayne clark Clark, come here come here you got 10 minutes come here (laughs) and the whole time you're like you're waiting for the punchline and it doesn't happen (laughs) right it's so weird was and was macgyver one of those shows that would do that that's is that i mean macgyver would have guests stars but they were always like but it was like one an episode it wasn't just like here's rich little doing impressions like wait how did you write rich little into an episode of macgyver was like carson canceled that week so they just like (laughs) all had to do we got a we got an obligation we got to get these guys a spot (laughs) i don't know but it was so weird it's just like it had to be one casting director just doing a favor like hey we're gonna we're gonna run all these people through we're gonna give them a gig we're not working this. It's like two-day shot. It's easy. So that's that's basically what happened with Popcorn, except we're talking about the cinematographer and the, <laughs> yeah. and the director yeah. and stuff. Yeah. But the movie has, you get a bunch of like, uh, uh, what, Ray Walston shows up as like a William Castle huckster, but it's and it seems this huge deal, and then it turns out to just be an Alec Baldwin and Glengarry Glenross kind of thing. Right. Where Ray Walston's in it for one great four-minute scene. And Tony Roberts, who Tony Roberts gets, he's so weird to show up in a movie like this because he's he's so funny to me. I, you know, he's in Woody Allen. So yeah, he's his buddy yeah. in Annie Hall. Right, uh, his Hollywood buddy, and he's per, he's so funny in that kind of stuff. But he's so he looks like Ron Perlman, but talks like Don Adams from Get Smart. It's really like a yeah. He does. Kinda, it's like a yeah, I don't know I Max, know. and it's like he's got this Don Adams Inspector Gadget voice, but he looks like Ron Perlman. He's like a super like Jewish Humphrey Bogart, or like yeah. <laughs> well, in this one especially because he's wearing this like blue sweater, he's given like this Ron Perlman as Mister Rogers vibe. <laughs> yeah, kind he's of wearing a- these really like kind of cre- like. Uh, electric blue or like pastel pink sweaters and he's got his like uh, tony roberts jufro kind of, yeah his fro and uh, nice shape here and but he and then he's keeps dipping into bogart during these like now nah, this is a terrific idea an all-night <laughs> horror show you're like oh, this is, is great these are like, money makers what, yeah they're big grocers <laughs> yeah that's what, what is tony roberts doing in this movie well they, he gets to perv out at the end so Probably they were like. Also, you get to make out with this twenty-year-old blonde. He chick. does get no, that, but and he, he gets it. But it's like Tony Roberts getting this great, like getting mosquito death. 
Yeah. That's so a him good, wearing yeah. this sweater, just going like. <laughs> Oh, and the great effect of of when it's he must have been the actor doing it because his oh, you know and his face all the flappy skin uh, and stuff and yeah when he gets the like suck face uh, effect the faces and the prosthetics work really pop again the, another for me. yeah another thing that like, should have been so cheap looking and it's very convincing really well done obviously they do the great cutaways when he's changing masks and stuff but yeah there's this guy wearing human mask with the ear flopping off it looks. Legit. It, it really reminded it. me of it, it was like society kind of special Absolutely. effects. Yeah, yeah. The suck face thing especially. Oh yeah. Well all the like the flapping facial that it's very Stuart Gordon, very yeah, like yeah. society kinda that cause once the the villain reveals his secret lab with all his like facial prosthetics, I love the kind of horror movies that really take that step that the villain is also a master makeup effects, prosthetics, you know, that's a classic Mm -hmm. thing. So this is very Phantom of the Opera. Yes. But doing, like, I'm really good at 80s horror special effects. (laughs) And the burn makeup effects are really horrifying uh, on the big screen. Horrifying enough where where you see his burned face and all the meaty, gross parts. I'm like, man, I invited some coworkers to this. (laughs) Like yeah. what did I do? I'm calling out my my coworkers to be like, here's what I'm into. <laughs> like, so the grossness and the horror of it really was kind of just like, man, what am I what am I inviting like 60 year old coworkers out to to see on a Saturday? I'm sure they were thinking the same thing. Yeah, who's yeah. Eric? Why am I here? And uh, <laughs> and so it was weird and gross and cool enough that I was like, man, I hope everybody's cool with this. I hope everybody's into this as much as I am. But it's it's never like off-putting. It's a very entertaining movie. And yeah, I, I think it's, it's great. It's so clever. You really get into the whole vibe of the this way too... Ru- now that yeah. you, Also, the other thing that I thought of watching it in the theater, I've never been in a theater as raucous <laughs> as the theater of these kids watching these horror oh. movies. I would, These guys are throwing the. It's like Gremlin. It's that scene in Gremlins. It is. Where the man, Gremlins it's are the just Gremlins throwing, are taking over. But it's just people having fun. These. I would have probably hated it. If the I was Jamaican there. punk horror retro scene in Jamaica is it. It's tough. It's lively. It's like a scene. It's like the theater in Escape from New York. <laughs> exactly. In that place, man. There's large brutes stealing girlfriends. Uh-huh. You cannot. It's lawless. You. It's absolutely lawless. You go to there. this theater. You are not guaranteed coming home with your woman. I, <laughs> That's crazy. I've I mean, never had to th- consider that when going to any movie. They do it as a joke, but they do have to sign a waiver to get into this thing. <laughs> <laughs> these are actually these, binding. These are legally binding. So uh, <laughs> we're presenting it as a joke to make it seem like it's not a big deal. But uh, yeah. you, you could die. This theater was condemned people because are people gonna died die here. <laughs> I love how many ideas they had and how many of them got paid off but how many others of them did not get paid off hmm. like early on you make this big funny deal of uh the shot clock <laughs> and i was like oh what's the shot clock gonna do and now this time i love that it's just like why'd they come up with the shot clock yeah it's this like gory kind of adam's family looking clock on the wall with a heart that when the clock strikes 12 then the heart pumps blood and stuff yeah a little blood squirts into a cup or and something. they really make a point to talk about the shot clock they do because there's a whole scene written when a guy when a ticket purchaser comes up and it's like just trying to like ask for information 
is like, hey, man, do you know what time the first picture starts? And he's like, check the shock clock, dude. <laughs> when the clock screams, the picture beams. Yep. Like, whoa, this shock clock is going to come up later. And it <laughs> No, no, that was it. That was that it. That was the payoff when you when you get that little. It uh, feels like somebody rhyme. made up the prop rhyme was, the and they're off. like, "You're gonna want to call attention to this thing I did." This movie has an overabundance of that kind of <laughs> yes. stuff. It actually, yeah, it is one of those things where it does feel like they just raided a warehouse <laughs> where all these extras costumes came from. Yeah, like, something was going on there, and yeah, they were just like, "Well, we can't not use the shot clock." I mean, look, it squirts blood. Like, yeah, but it's not like we can have anyone die or get killed by the shot clock. <laughs> the, the killer isn't going to be able to use this thing. It's hanging on the wall. It's like, yeah. I know, but, you know, I got this cool rhyme. Feels like we're not <laughs> talking about the shot clock enough in the script. Yeah, we're going to cut all the shot clock stuff. Yeah. Wait, we forgot to cut the one thing with the shot clock? <laughs> where where the, whole, well, the I, whole movie was originally centered around the shot clock, and they're like, shit, we left the one scene in. I remember feeling that way the first time. I'm, I'm not sure if I brought it up, but The Stench, the final movie. Yeah. So every movie's got a gimmick. The mosquito's got a live, you know, or a the, the, dummy mosquito that flies out. Yeah. The uh, electrified man, they have the electricity on the seats. The Stench was supposed to be like Odorama, where they would pump in some noxious smelling gas. Yeah. And then, like, it kind of happened. Dead dog. Yeah, and they, so so it's, like, kept building up, and there was this whole thing, like, I've got a queue in five minutes. You know, like, <laughs> you can't leave me here with the stench by myself. <laughs> but, like, yeah. like Well, the stench had then, the Then un- it just kind of stopped. The then stench we get had the, the unfortunate, and it's tough to avoid this, where if you're doing a slash movie built around a three-movie marathon, one of those movies is going to be interrupted by shaft. more killings. Yeah. And a lot of killings happened during the stench. Yeah. So we not only get to see less of the movie, the stench. Real cut. We see like a couple scenes at the beginning, and then like the end of the stench. Whereas others, we were getting full. We barely got any, yeah. Lots we, of we mosquito really don't get and electrified. The, yeah, we also don't get the story of the stench. Yeah, the, we got to see a lot of Bruce Glover. Thank God. We got that we guy's got whole arc. Story. Yeah, we got exactly. It was. And in Mosquito, these two fall in love. We get that whole plot. <laughs> Want to blow your mind, man? <laughs> I t- sure, man. Gonna blow your mind. <laughs> so, <laughs> this might not be as exciting. But the lieutenant and the nurse in Mosquito sure. that fall in love at the end of the Mosquito with a winking little bugle boy like uh, saluting America after killing the giant Mosquito. <laughs> they got married in real life Aww. a decade after Popcorn. Whoa. That was their, Popcorn was their origin story. Playing a couple who fell in love Holy in Mosquito cow. 10 years later. Life imitating art. And they remained married until he passed. Oh. Wow. Mosquito brought these two together. Wow. (laughs) What a legacy for a a movie that doesn't exist. Right? (laughs) But that, I would love as our intro, just a soundbite of Tony Roberts doing his weird. I like, you know, we get a lot of people still doing Jack Nicholson. Yeah. And then doing Christian Slater doing Jack Nicholson. That somehow not died in amongst actors. But people doing bogey. Isn't as much. And I really feel like Roberts was like, I'm going to lean into my, my Don Adams Bogart here. And I love the, like, you can't see Mosquito at home in Projecto Vision. <laughs> <laughs> like, I loved all this so much more. And Ray Walston, for some I didn't pick up the first time. He's the huckster 
uh, that sells all the gimmicks to him. Right. He's got the mosquito. He's got the electric seats. Mm-hmm. Like he's just like a town it's his warehouse. Like yeah. a town to town monorail salesman with like I got my trunks of vaudeville gimmicks in my truck. You know, <laughs> comes in with like a carriage. Oh, several. Yeah. Amazing. And uh, you had weird stuff like Diane Weist. I mean, D. Wallace. D. Wallace. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just D. Wallace doing her Diane Weist cosplay. Man. That, Just, I'm going to try out a Weist look for this one. That short hair <laughs> is short. That's one of those things where Weist, like, her publicist got to be like, I think we've established who has this cut. Yeah. And Wallace. that color, too. That was a, That's even a, the Weist color. Listen here, Wallace. This cut, this Blondie. color. Yeah. She ain't going big and blonde. You ain't going. Maybe if Annie Potts does this. Right. Maybe oh, she yeah. might have a claim. But stick in your lane, Wallace. Exactly. Please. Come on. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't think I, I, I didn't give enough credit to what D. Wallace did contribute to this movie when we initially talked about it. Because she does still feel wasted. Yes. She's she appears. She's very missing early most of the movie, and then disappears for fifty minutes, just chained up somewhere. Yeah, for days. <laughs> no, <laughs> apparently in a body cast. Also leads to one of the more confusing scenes where the movie is supernatural for like twenty seconds. Like there's a ghost when all the letters on the marquee get rearranged. Oh, <laughs> and then it's like, wait, so is it a ghost? Yeah, and then we never hear about any ghosts. What was? Yeah, what was that all that about? That was really weird. On this movie is That's plays true. a lot. That kind of does not fit the rest of the thing. Very weird to me on second viewing, and uh, but since the first viewing, we still didn't know where it was going. Yeah. Uh, by the time it didn't get there, we had probably forgotten about the hint at it. And then this time it was like, okay, well, that's just weird. Yeah. Really had that big Lebowski vibe where after you watch it once and you realize you don't really have to follow the plot, <laughs> you can just watch the movie and enjoy all these scenes since you aren't follow- since this complicated plot is actually not complicated at all. Right. It definitely has that. Yeah. Now that we just know that movie. going through, I can just enjoy all of this uh, popcorn. And I liked Wallace's contributions a lot more. I thought she did the most with what she was given sure and so it wasn't this powerhouse role like her in Cujo or the howling but she did good and I, I didn't quite recognize that and i still just i am endlessly charmed by jill sholin it's i kind of only want to watch movies with her in them because she's just so nice mm-hmm. <laughs> while being so 100 percent out of the best years of my league well, okay. She yeah. is so relatable and cute, but in, while being obviously totally unapproachable. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's was engaged to Brad Pitt and dated Keanu Reeves for a long time. So she doesn't have that relatability, yet she does. She somehow seems like a more cuter, relatable Winona Ryder. Definitely. Winona Ryder seems see like a celebrity. Jill mm-hmm. Sholin doesn't seem like a celebrity. And kind of a weirdo. Yeah, Joe right? Sholin seems like a normal person. He seems so normal and yeah. so, like, plain, but gorgeous. And, like, that cute, husky, raspy voice of hers. Yeah. She is just so charming. Natural. Yeah, she's so That's natural. I love, and she, lucky for us, did so many horror movies. Somehow did a bunch of genre stuff. So and much. And a great time for the, for the genre, yeah. And she's just so great in them. She has such the right charisma for these movies. She knows the exact serious, desperate role to take in The Stepfather. 
And she really handles everything she needs to do in this movie so well. I love her progression with Mark. Mark, Mm -hmm. another great character. Yeah. The kind of guy who started as the most unlikable, just trying to get laid kind of dude, to becoming one of the most fun, (laughs) rewarding characters in a horror movie. What a well-written turn. And she plays off of his advances and his progression and her not being believed. And she brings a weight and seriousness to the movie that's really good. But her fun, playful side is just, I don't know. She just has a great vibe. And it's so fun that a lot of that vibe was spent in horror movies. Yeah. I don't think it's a coincidence that I just love all of the horror movies that she's in. It's a great fit. Yeah, I, I feel like, yeah, that's kind of like a version of uh, Nancy Loomis and just loving her as oh, Annie yeah. and Halloween and just being like, man, I just want to know this person in this movie and just like hang out with them. Her, I, I mean, this the, movie is one of those, it, the whole, that whole, that, that film class. I mean, like, yeah. I want to be in that class oh, yeah. hosting this movie marathon with these nuts. And that's why, you know, I, I was the... Um, I'm like if only Tony Roberts was hosting that horror marathon. <laughs> that's our version of that. Because I was like the guy that's like, these pictures are going to be great. But also, if we could keep it down and be right. very respectful. And uh, I'm like none of the punk influence. Right. I just want to like, I'm going to show these like deadbeat at dawn. But hey, if everybody can just cool it and only make a joke, if it's like really appropriate, it's like, like that'd be great. That's my ideal. Let the mood, let the raucous happen, okay? Don't force the raucous. Right. Well, it's, yeah, it's kind of like, uh, yeah, we, we want to host these movie days, but we don't want to know you're also here. So if you <laughs> yeah. could just not, we kind of also want to pretend we're the only ones I also ones really want to focus <laughs> exclusively on the movie. Really not yet. I, I, I love that all of you are here with me. I will talk to you when I can. I don't want to hear you during this movie. <laughs> exactly. I make the jokes. I make the jokes, all right? But, dude, popcorn just everything about it in the big screen with people, with my friends all laughing at the same stuff. The reaction when the time of the movie came for the cleaning up the theater montage. <laughs> where we get our, where our, we get our song our, that our reggae loops montage, through yeah. the montage. The collective kind of laugh and groan that came <laughs> up from the whole room of people that are just like, we thought we were done. And it's like, it turns out it's a focal part of the movie. My sister drove up and she leans over and she goes, you know, I heard this thing 17 times. I'm good. I'm good. Hey man, don't blame the movie for the DVD and I, I was just doing the like, wor- like soundless laugh, like at her just being water drip tortured to death by Saturday night at the movies. <laughs> And this 10-man steel song, drum band on. taking up a stage. How do you stage. not like that song? It's such a fun song. And I think people, uh, having already heard the song 15 straight times, and uh, I think it kind of overshadowed the the brilliant fun of the montage itself. Like, the, the girls uh, both showing the way to the popcorn machine. we got a great cast of girls here. Oh, sure. Jill Sholin's the star, but I love... All the girls in the flick, and they all, you know, a lot of them were in other horse. I love, like too, I said, I love the whole crew. There's, it's, it's a great cast. I, I don't, I, we get know. Moochie from Christine. Yes. I was Moochie's like, playing the guy in the wheelchair. I was like, this movie's like nine years later, but that sure looks a lot like Moochie. 
that's afterwards I had the same conversation with three people where I where I felt like I was crazy for thinking that was Moochie. Because nobody else saw They're like, really? <laughs> what? I don't think. My sister was, my sister, she was just like, that didn't look like him. I was like, it looked exclusively like him. That's funny. There's one guy that looks like that, and it's him. <laughs> so I had to, like, actually look it up. Like, I was doubting myself that much. I was like, of course it's him. It is, yeah. My sister also had the really great line where she was sincere, and I, I couldn't help laughing. She says, Boy, I can't believe they really gave it to that disabled guy. They didn't shy away from that. And I said, you do not know the track record of disabled people in horror movies. Yeah, right. They never shy away. They are usually the first gimmick. They are the the deer that's immediately pulled away. Yeah. Like, no, no, no. That gazelle gets hunted down quick. They have a limp. The fact that, yeah, the fact that they did not have, uh, yeah, Moochie is the guy who's in the wheelchair. The fact that they did not push him over the balcony or something uh-huh. i was yeah. shocked that he got off as easy as usually he did. gravity plays a much bigger part in a wheelchair guy he got death. electrified which could have happened to any of us sure could have been strapped in any chair when i that. think of wheelchair deaths i think of just like <laughs> manhunter <laughs> red dragon Mm. lighting the guy on fire in a wheelchair, oh, like, sure. shoving him down. It's like, who a Moochie got electrified. It's like, oh, okay, I can get electrified. I always think okay. of the guy in Friday the 13th Part 2, I want to say, mm-hmm. right? Down the steps, gets the machete or the hack in the in the face, and then <laughs> yeah. just rolls all the way down. The kid in Mac and Me. Oh. You know? That's the one thing the fog was missing, is a guy in a wheelchair <laughs> going down the, the steps to that lighthouse. <laughs> <laughs> Like 150 steps. steps. Like OJ and Naked Gun. Just like. (laughs) Yeah, even Naked Gun's got it. You're talking to your sister's Nazi Naked Gun? Yeah. Yeah. Like, when have you ever seen a handicapped person movie not be made? (laughs) Like, a a rude kill or the butt of a horrible joke? Where are all these wheelchair positive movies that you were like. Has she only seen that movie about the ones that play that, like, violent roller basketball game? It's like, those guys are tough. It's like... Don't fuck with them. She hasn't seen Paul Rudd on an episode of Conan for the last 20 years. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my God. One of my favorite running bits of all time. But, man, we got to see Popcorn in the theater. And Toby, the villain, Toby Popcorn. Yep. It was so Toby. good. I love to death that scene of him, of them putting on the movie Possessor, and the, the punks, instead of being hypnotized by it, are just like, boo! <laughs> well, I love it. Sucks. It's so great. These guys have been sitting through garbage movies all night. They're yeah. watching The Stench, which looks like the worst of the three by far. But yeah, as soon as that's interrupted and something else comes on the screen, Bring without them. even knowing what yeah. it is, they're like, no, no, yeah. no, no, no. Bring no. back The Stench! Where for the stench, motherfucker. And Toby is coming down with his full burn makeup, blending in with everybody. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, although I think I think in the theater, I didn't hear it on the sound at home. I think I swear in the theater, I heard some guy go like, "Hey, nice costume," and him giving him like a thumb, or like a, some kind of acknowledgement because sure. he's doing. We we talked about it before is this big Jim Carrey entrance, and it's like the best kind of Jim Carrey entrance. That's that confidence. When he just storms down that angled theater, and he's like, yeah, 
boo this movie. Yeah, this we stinks. hate this movie. <laughs> we hate it. Yeah. Oh, it's a. Oh, yeah. yeah. This one stinks. Yeah. yeah. Oh no. What? Boo this. Like a total like heel just coming uh-huh. in. It is so fun. The kind of thing that like. Oh man, this is why we act. This is why we do this, right? That had to be so fun for that dude. And the confidence he showed in that, just like, it's like he was oh. this, his own man. That's a great role. Yeah, I mean, he gets to do everything in that movie. It's such it's it's a role that's even more brilliant on the big screen. What a legendary, scary, like I said, scary yeah. horror performance. Tom Deranged, Villard. like, silly, odd, like. Psycho, total, total crazy. Yeah, he's great. It's so Tom good. Tom Villard as Toby. And totally worth it. Yeah, man, I just love the effects. I love that society flappy face, uh, peeling my own face away, and all is a different, the way they switch to the identities. So fun, so didn't, winking. Like, and again, didn't have to be that cool. Like, no. didn't have to be that imaginative. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, Yeah, the kills didn't have to be as good as they were. They were all just, yeah, it's like, really? This was the top really... of their game, doing good stuff. This movie is legendary for all the right reasons and is mm. slowly but surely gaining that audience beyond the devoted. You know, it's slowly gaining more of a rep. I'd Are, like to think we made at least 10 new fans. Oh, yes. When we, Almost when we everybody it. that we screened it for had not seen it. Two-thirds of the people hadn't seen it. But two of the guys that hadn't seen it both knew the tagline. They hadn't mm. seen the movie, but those ever-present TV ads of buy a bag, go home in a box. That's legendary. Oh, man. And we yeah. got and that's into on, it last that's time. That's on the VHS How box. They were just, they made different commercials for different markets. Like, really, oh, like, yeah, well, yeah, the barnstorming first time, yeah. This, this theatrical release. Yeah, if you get a chance to see this on the Blu-ray or whatever, yeah. and watch all the commercial ads. Because I wish that would have played during the... It, uh, it was as if the announcer guy had been just like uh just do like 15 different takes different speeds different levels of aggression we'll use them all don't worry we'll figure out a way yeah, to use they, them all they cut up usually if you you the only thing that changes during a theatrical trailer is maybe one cut of extra violence or profanity or something is removed and the voiceover changes they made like 12 different ads using different scenes different cuts different voiceovers it's incredible didn't they have one that's like Football players were doing it. Yeah. It was like some football it was like a, tie-in. It was like a take on the, I'm going to Disneyland. <laughs> yes. Like, you just won the big game. Where are you going? It's like, we're going to see popcorn. And it was that? And it was so local. This one, all the others were, <laughs> this was very local car sale, salesman yeah, yeah. kind of thing. Because it was filmed, you know, at noon on a Tuesday. <laughs> There's like eight football players on an empty field. Right. You hear like, the we're traffic going to in the, the popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, but all the others are I'm not a big trailers guy cuz I don't I don't like this but I want to go in knowing nothing. Right. But I like watching the trailers afterwards to see how it was you know how they presented how they it. Presented. Yeah, yeah. I have no idea, especially after seeing it in the theater, how this movie wasn't just a smash. How this wasn't you know maybe half of what Scream did. Hmm. How did this not do what Scream did? It felt modern, it felt cool. How did this not make money? I mean, it it eventually was making money from rentals and all that, but how did this not just pull in twenty million? It's so fun, it's so unique, it's cool. It's got crazy gore, crazy effects. It's just it's really just great. fun as hell, yeah. And getting to introduce to these people who were also 
so familiar with the ad campaign. You have this <laughs> iconic ad campaign that's remembered by people our age who have still somehow never seen the movie. And I think the the two of the younger people uh, that we invited there, Alistair, uh, who's you know mid twenties, he had never seen it. But as it was starting, he's just he like yelled at me like, "Oh, I can't believe it! I've heard nothing but good things." Hmm. So younger horror fans are now hearing about popcorn. To be fair, has he heard those things from you? <laughs> no, 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 no. They have like Shutter, you know. Oh, so yeah, they're, yeah, they're yeah. horror fans, and so they they they're. You know, not casual horror well, this, watchers. This is definitely one that always, yeah, is no one ever shits on popcorn. There's not never anymore. anyone being like, you know, it's over, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, overhyped, that popcorn movie. No, that doesn't it's happen. It's so like, it does so much stuff and it succeeds in so many different ways that it's really kind of critic proof. Like you can criticize something. It's like, well, they didn't pay enough time to the stench. It's like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> okay. Oh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. they paid a lot of cool time to Mosquito and the uh, Electrified Man, so uh, we got an eight-minute reggae song. Right, can't say other too many other horror movies have that well, reggae what, horror vibe. What we got was all good, yeah. So I'm so glad that we got to show popcorn to people, and it just felt like <laughs> I didn't plan on doing another popcorn episode, but it just was one of those I want to talk about popcorn more, <laughs> and that just shows how deeply this movie is worming its way into my heart. I want to just talk about it again. Can't wait. It's an all-timer. Yeah, no, it's, no doubt. it's great. It just jumped up my my love ranking so yeah. much, seeing it in the theater. And that's kind of what the theater does for me. I fall in love with movies at the theater. And how how could I not love going to the theater? So there you go. Wow. Came well to said. this. You did come to this. Check out Murder in the Woods at your local Cinemaplex <laughs> somehow. Maybe. If you're lucky. If you're lucky, catch it. Yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't pass up the opportunity. And I didn't. I'm never having another creature scenario again. There you go. <laughs> I'm never gonna regret no not regrets. seeing yeah. uh The Hills Have Eyes 2. <laughs> <laughs> never again. <laughs> I'm Eric. I'm Charlie. Thank you guys for listening. Good night.